This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. Welcome back to Off the Break Podcast. On today's episode, I think we're going to go over loyalty programs. Very exciting. Very cool. Yeah. It's our (laughs) response to Sony Picture Classics presidents, uh, Michael Barker and Tom Bernard, uh, talking about how theaters should use data and how they should come into the modern internet age of doing business. So Love it. That's not very helpful. How? What do they actually mean by that? Right. But before we do that, I want to ask you guys, how are you? Oh. How was your week? I'm all, I'm down to business. That's how my week's been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First time in a while, Cody's like, let's hit this, hit the road running. Yeah. I'm, I'm energized. I'm ready to do I business. Wanna, I don't want to screw Good. around. And You know how the intros of yeah. some shows, like depending on banter 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 yeah exactly you can kind of tell if it's like the filler episode or like the actual like episode you need to pay attention to this is a serious episode and we made sure of it right off the bat kyle did research okay i don't want his efforts go wasted (laughs) for the first time ever kyle did research research. i research (laughs) and then just a little more this time and then we have just our gut on the like our gut opinions yeah on the moment our <laughs> guts aren't facts no <laughs> as you could tell and then we got a movie review in our pop culture subjects of the week we do so yeah. we've got some fun stuff but are we gonna dive into the serious no let's let's dive into our movie review first and then we'll get into the serious stuff okay perfect so how did you guys like bros we did not go see it. Oh, no. <laughs> we, oh, we wanted to, but we have to, Ken and I, have to sneak out during the day when our children are at school so we don't have to pay for a babysitter. <laughs> and bros did not have an early enough matinee for us to get home <laughs> So in yeah. time. All right. So we missed out on bros. But we went and saw See How They Run from uh, Searchlight Pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Right? I just really enjoyed that one. It's cute. It's cute. It's just, it walks you through um, the story. Like, you don't have to really think hard. It's not super, you know, surprising on some of the things. But it just feels like there's classic elements to it. There's a lot of flashback. There's a lot of foreshadowing. There's a lot of, like, fun narration. That's the tropes of the whodunits and the mysteries. But they also, you know, touch on those same um, tropes at the same time. It was super well written. Like oh, from front to back, dialogue. the person knew what they were were writing. There wasn't any, you know, soft points. I called the movie slow, but I don't mean that to be a bad thing. Oh, it okay. was. I mean, it was the pacing was very slow, but mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't need a frantic pace like Elvis no. or <laughs> where you feel like you're running while you're it, watching the film. It wasn't yeah. so slow that you got bogged down and no, bored. No, it, it not was, at all. I, I think very well paced, slower than what we've seen in movies recently, which is fine. Like that's actually Kyle described it earlier when we were talking about it as a good palate cleanser. And it really was. It was just that nice movie. And it is kind of breaking my heart that I'm seeing not great grosses on it over the weekends. Like two, it's a movie worthy of a, something better than a $200 weekend gross. Like it really is a good, it can play anywhere, you know, in any size of city or theater and no it was supposed to be so nice yeah after after the success of knives out like we knew we were going to see some of these come through yeah and this was great has sam rockwell and saoirse ronan in it and i felt that sam rockwell's character was 
his acting was underutilized. He's just a little bit more flamboyant than this character put had him be. And I think that he may, might be a little miscast <gasps> in the role. Just He's just so much better. And I didn't love his English accent. He has such a distinct voice. Yeah. It's really hard to be like... I mean, that's, I think, why they gave him such less dialogue so that he didn't have to, like, fake this English accent through the whole film. Hmm. That could be it. Yeah. But I loved her. She was fantastic. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. She had so much energy and just, and it just was so good. And the humor in it was so dry, but I loved it. Like, I needed that kind of dry, quippy, witty humor. They used the the split screen, the flashes to... um, Past and present. Past and present, they did flashbacks, but they also did like flashes from a cup to a hand to a face. Like, but it didn't seem frantic. It was, you know, they used all of their director tricks in this one to to make it look different. Well thought out. It's like the opposite of Don't Worry, Darling, where she didn't <laughs> know what the heck she was doing in that film, and it was very obvious. Yes. Mm-hmm. My failure of editing. My dark horse for the best actor in this movie was the guy who played the police commissioner. <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew his name off the top of my yeah. head. I, Maybe awesome. I'll find it now. Oh, will you look it up? Will you look up to see if he was in um, Hot Fuzz? I felt like he was like the same kind of guy. It's probably not the same I guy. Get what but you, I get That's yeah, Jim Broadbent. I'll... You knew his name? No, Jim Broadbent oh. was the commissioner, the head police chief. In, yeah? Yeah. It's not the same guy? No, he's it like 100 like, years older than that oh, guy. It feels oh, like okay. the same guy. <laughs> Jim Broadbent's like a million years old. The way you were be. so on the fly with it, I, well, I, I, know like, who, I believe him. Yeah, <laughs> I know who Jim Broadbent is from <laughs> from Hot Fuzz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just, it was it was good. It, w- it was just really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, great matinee. We went at like 3 o'clock and we're done by <laughs> 4.30 and home for dinner. It was... Uh, that's why you are open for matinees for those good films. Especially for the 90-minute types. Even though you said it was a yeah. slower movie, it's still you know stuck to like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go about your day, and your day's not over by the time you get out after a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Oh, yeah, and you're not drained from it. it you're just, it yeah. was lighthearted, and it was fun. Yeah. Good point about the feeling drained thing. That always is the case after like, two and a half hour thing no matter if you like it or not you're just like i need a nap yeah if you have (laughs) well if you have really great comfortable seats you may have taken a nap during that (laughs) two and a half hours and if you have bad seats you need to take a nap to stretch out because Mm -hmm. the seats are so bad (laughs) yeah after that long in a seat oh my gosh yes no this was it was a good it was a good little one to to watch i think we are getting some good movies right now we're just our biggest issue is that audiences are really distracted. They have to be. They're distracted with the end of the year, school, end of summer, school starting, mm-hmm. football season starting. There's just things going on right now that are taking away um, from their time. And the movies aren't so big and so marketed so, I would say, loudly in your face that you're being pulled back from your distractions. But these are good films right now. Like Woman King got an A-plus cinema score. See how they run. is super darling. Like mm-hmm. They are good films that deserve theatrical runs that you feel like you you know, you know wouldn't feel like you didn't waste your money. Part of it on. is also 
audiences need to realize that original movies can be good too and could be yeah. worth your time in the theater. Like I can't tell you how many times I hear the line of, oh, there's no there's no original movies anymore. It's only the Marvel stuff. Well, September gave you five, oh gosh, six so new many. titles yeah. that are pretty good, that are original. Woman mm -hmm. King, Pearl, Barbarian is apparently really good. Bros oh, yeah. has been sounding great. Yeah, yep. that's about as original as it gets. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's also up to the people themselves to give themselves a chance and go have a good time for something original. But you do make a good point, too, that this September, there's a reason why movies aren't really released during that time. And part of it is because audiences have a lot going on during that part of right. the season. They're shifting gears. And then you get into a few weeks of football out. Uh, out of the way get it out of your system the, right the bad games kind of start coming in to play and you're like oh these ones don't really matter i'll take a chance on some movies and that's mm -hmm. what, like about when october november hit yeah absolutely even you though know your team's good or bad by that yeah. <laughs> even you though you not are. not campaigning for television over movie theaters but <laughs> i got red zone last weekend the first time ever he okay. has never and had this before it's got to be what using cocaine is like. Yes, it is. <laughs> I have never been more entertained for six straight hours in my life. He didn't move from that spot, and he got a headache from watching it's so much so TV. fast. He They're had like, to have a nap afterwards. He was just like, I, I need to recover. I'm like, from what? It just goes so fast. One second, a play is about to happen, and the next second, a play ends up happening, but it's two completely different teams, completely different time zone. You don't know yeah. what just I'm, happened. I'm worried to tell Cody that I signed up for a lifetime subscription. Oh, he, he doesn't need to tell me I saw the bill come through already. It has I to be, had to ask him what it was. I was like, it has what to be is cheaper this? than he's cocaine. Like, he's like, I'm an addict. I, I have to have it now. And I'm like, you lived without it forever. We are fine. Incorrect. Incorrect. No. Incorrect. <laughs> but also, I'm glad I don't have it. Yeah. I saw it once just recently. I was like, this is a migraine. <laughs> it, it It is a migraine. I'm going to have to like. This is what a migraine probably feels like. We, we have to I tried to. Prep him. During the afternoon games, I tried to yeah. take a nap, and it was too much, too much it scoring was, going was on. It I flashing. Could, in front I couldn't sleep because it was like every time I like started to drift off, it was like, now we're in the red zone. <laughs> Pop awake again. Shoot up. What? Yeah. <laughs> Touchdown. Touchdown interception. Yeah, I know. It was just so drastic. Uh. All right. Uh, but now that we talked about uh, your movie review, we have to get into that serious stuff that we were mentioning off yes. the top, right? Yeah, loyalty programs. All right. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably already familiar with the loyalty programs, but we do get a lot of smaller theaters that haven't implemented one yet. You know, you might be the only place in town and you just ha hasn't come up for you yet but we wanted to talk about loyalty programs today because I think no matter the size of the theater you own or operate that it's that they are really good marketing tools and in this day and age when you don't have newspapers and circulation in your community that everybody sees and you don't do radio spots and how do you how do you get to the to your customers and to your audience. I mean, these are always the age-old question for any business, not just theaters. But I think for the first time in over the 100-year history of cinema, it is becoming 
apparent that theaters need to market themselves. That they need to market their venues. That mm-hmm. they cannot rely anymore on the marketing of the movies from the studios. So, but, but we're beating a dead horse. Saying yes, this we are. Over and over again. <laughs> we are. So, um, shocking. What, Water what, is wet. Water sky wet. is blue. You have to market your venue. Um, so what? Where we got started on this topic this week was. Um, like I said, Sony Picture Classics presidents Michael Barker and Tom Bernard. Pause. What company has presidents? All right. A this lot is... of them? Well, they, they <laughs> Multiple. There's like marketing president and distribution president. Yes. And like CEO every content. president. Like and every country has relations two presidents. presidents and every captain has, or every ship has two this, captains. This is <laughs> corporate. This is corporate America. Everybody's either president or VP. Titles don't matter. Should they be titled as captains then by this ship logic that you speak of? Sony Picture Classics captains, co-captains, <laughs> yeah. Michael Barker yeah. and co-presidents. Tom Bernard have yeah. sailed the seven seas. Like, there, was a, there was a tied election, so they're both president. <laughs> what is this? Well, they both have the same advice, so clearly right. there's a reason why there was a tie. <laughs> Are they mirror images of each other? <laughs> <laughs> they have different names, but they're the same person? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, corporate America, you never know, right? You never know. <laughs> um... So in this interview that they gave, they talked about um, that they do think that they're very optimistic and positive about the future of theatrical. That, that excuse me, that theatrical has a place in still in this industry and that it has a lot of use and utilization. However, they were saying that theaters need to step up into more modern practices of using data that they collect on their customers to then turn back and target market to them. And that's kind of like all that they were saying. They're like, the studios just aren't going to do this anymore for you. They're not going to spend millions of dollars on one big national campaign like they used to. Their budgets are being slashed because they also have streaming components that they have to now market and so so they do it for themselves but they're gonna they're do it less it for theaters very much less. if not at all yeah and they are also using target marketing so you're just not seeing the marketing sometimes for certain films and stuff so i think that they shouldn't be beaten up because they were kind of like saying what the reality of the situation is moving forward and the and theaters just need to be aware of that now a whole separate conversation is if the if the studio isn't going to market the film, then why are we paying such high terms? But we'll get into that a whole nother topic down the road. Oh, I know you're really wanting to talk about that. That was like my immediate reaction was like, okay, you're not going to market anymore. What am I paying you for? Yeah, bump down those terms a little bit. Yeah, and I'll market it need... myself. Yeah, but okay. we don't need you that much. I'm not going to pay yeah. you and someone to market. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you especially if you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not getting any value at it because you're not marketing to the my customers to come to my theater to see the film like you used to. So um, I think where that starts is this idea of using data on your customers to then turn back a market to them. But it's like, where do you get this data? Like you have people come through your doors, they buy your tickets, they're there. Sometimes if you're in a community, you see regulars and you know these people, but you don't really know like really know the data on them or your complex as a whole. So I, in comes the loyalty program. That's the best way for you to get data on your customers. Um, and so what is a loyalty program? And 
Loyalty programs are customer retention strategies that encourage customers to continue buying from your brand rather than competitors. So you can set up rewards and programs. It can be administered through an app, but you set up a program that rewards customers for continued loyalty to your brand. Is this Kyle's research portion that you're reading? Some of it. Great Some job, of it Kyle. Is my research portion, and I will get into it. But <laughs> I, Kyle did the bulk of this, yeah. okay? So great job, Kyle. Good job, Thank Kyle. you. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> someone notices my worth. I'm just kidding. He did a whole page. I'm very proud of it. Okay. Um, I did the assignment. Did you, did you cite your sources? Did no. Did you give me a bibliography? No. Well, actually, that's not true. I did cite some of my sources. Yes, but not on this sheet. Not on the sheet, but yeah. I did cite my sources in the, the email I sent you or whatever. Um, so for small companies, like smaller theaters, you can ask for email addresses to sign up for the program. Um, you can send promotional texts so you can get cell phone numbers email addresses, um, mailing addresses, you know, you can really expand the data that you're collecting there. But once you get that customer set up in the program, um, you want to get enough information from them that you are able to learn location and interest. I think those are going to be the biggest areas you want. So whether you, you want something a little bit more than just an email address, although that's basic, like you have to have that. That's the starting point and the yeah. main point. As long as you don't hit too many pressure points, asking for a little bit more is only going to help you flesh out a lot more information about your use, your customers. And then... What we do with that information is then you start seeing, you know, what kind of films they go to, frequency, where they're coming from. So you want to get as much like details of, of the person that's not maybe even I, super identifying. Like you don't need their first name, last name and to know that they like just horror films. Mm -hmm. But you want to know in your complex that a certain number of people tied to a certain email address is like horror films if they like a certain type of movie or how frequently even that they're going to your movie right. theater um those are pretty much two key components i would say to helping you figure out who are the audiences that i really need to market towards to market towards yeah so think when you think of your loyalty program really keep an eye on the future of if i were to message back to these people what is the message i want how frequently do I want to do it and how much data do I want to get to really like narrow and tailor that messaging? You can get an email list of thousands of customers that have walked through your theater in a given year or over a couple of years, but some of them are tourists and some of them are locals or they've moved away. Like you want a robust list that is really the people that are f frequent users because you don't want to waste any marketing on people that are the occasional or just happen to come in for one film user, like customer. You want you want your most loyal customers. And those most loyal customers, if you don't mind me adding, they're probably yeah. going to be the ones most interested in a loyalty program. Oh, so that anyways. way they can at least get something in return but still want to keep coming back. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sign me up. I've got... 35 loyalty cards in my wallet i love a, i love a good loyalty program. i can add one more oh they've they've gone away from punch cards which used to be my jam yeah oh, i remember yeah. the punch card yeah. it was so satisfying to be like click five more to go yeah. Oh, yeah i can imagine people on the other side of the counter with the whole punch every time they just hear a little <laughs> like a little yeah. excitement of oh, well, when they, you got a, the sound when you got a fancy hole punch it wasn't just a hole but that anybody was, could use but it was, it was something was, specific Ooh, that was even better like, like a star like or a something? star or yeah. a dollar sign mm -hmm. or yeah. 
Oh man, there was a there was clover. a pizza pizza place that had oh, yeah, yeah, the, the pizzas, pizzas that punched out subs, burritos, yeah, even oil changes. Yeah, and now younger what people we spend are a like, lot of our money on? Punch? <laughs> let's get it on an app. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's not the same sound, guys. So there's double a couple, punch Mondays. There's a couple reasons why um, <laughs> you'd want to start a loyalty program. They do increase referrals to your business. They do are have proven to increase customer retention, so that it really does encourage the loyalty yeah. in the thing. Um, they do re- increase sales, and you can advocate for your brand um, through these programs. So it does increase a lot of not only just loyalty, but just good general brand awareness through it, and which is what you want. You want them to come to your theater and not think of anybody else, especially if you're in a competitive area. But to do these programs, you got to give something up. I mean, it's not just them signing up and you just collecting all the information on them. You do need to think about discounts, um, sales of merchandise within the theater, which you think, I don't, I don't sell anything but access to the movie. Well, you should start thinking broadly about things that you can have in the theater. Maybe it's um, promotional materials. Maybe it's special popcorn tins cups anything in the concession stand t-shirts you know really work on your brand for your theater and maybe you can brand some really cool t-shirts hats souvenir cups that sort of thing even just with the starting point of say you're an older theater and you have an older logo perhaps oh my gosh that could still go a long way for attracting people to being like ooh, a shirt but it has like this cool retro vintage vibe, vibe to it and Ooh, like an art deco vibe too yeah i would probably buy that was... it could lead to conversations <laughs> people being like where did you get it from if if it, it does just... happen and people could be like i have a local theater and it's really nice and they do a good job there but they have these sweet shirts there too and i don't know maybe someone from out of town or some friend will go don't out be surprised somebody it. will buy a shirt i was thinking about this like <laughs> Hats are the obvious one because you can stack them and yeah, yeah, but then they're adjustable and things like that. But then I was thinking like, what would Cody want if she went to a movie? She'd want one of those blankets with the sleeves. (laughs) I don't want it with the sleeves. Maybe just a regular blankie or what are they called? The backwards robes. I know what you're talking about. Snuggie. Snuggie. Yes. A a branded (laughs) Snuggie that you can walk into the theater. Oh God, it's finally warm. Yeah. Because no. you're the coldest person I ever. Am. That I'm might not. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> you can get really creative with it. Because people have to eat and. Kyle, you said <laughs> stickers. No joke. I I think it is a millennial thing, but I go out and we travel around and I stop somewhere at like a touristy place and mm-hmm. I see that wall of like those really fancy vinyl stickers now. I can't help but to thumb through those. My me and my nine year old son are like stickers. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. They they have figured out how to market to mid 30 year olds through stickers it's awful i'm yeah, in that I, aesthetic it's not the teenage <laughs> no. it's a very small window <laughs> yes. of who won't buy them so younger kids will want them and then i think over 21 year olds are oh. actually into them put them on my car on my water bottle I... I mean i'm from a design background so every classmate including myself has stickers like on their laptops on their laptop covers yeah because we design them anyway so we might as well put them somewhere so but it's a certain outdoor aesthetic too like it's, it's that like, too yeah it's so, i'm so pigeonholed into it and mm-hmm. i can't help it i just 
I love it. I would look it, at stickers if it was at a theater. Stickers yeah, can go bleep themselves. <laughs> Ken is so over stickers between me and the boys. He's like, no more. So theater owners, don't listen yeah. to Ken. Because yeah. really, those, look at the, my enthusiasm right now. Those stackable things, actually, like Ken was saying, so never mind. But hats and the stickers. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of creativity, or at least just giving it a shot, it could go a long way to um, what Cody was right. saying about the loyalty aspect. Yeah, so discounts, sales of merchandise, um, early access. You know, there could be ways, and that you'd need to explore this with your buyer and with your studio exhibitor relations reps, but you could maybe work on the uh, group buyouts you could maybe start a program where you turn group buyouts into loyalty reward members special early access screenings so there there are things in place that you can maybe think about to modify for the theater that would work for you for your loyalty program um and then you know you so you have an idea of what the discounts you want you have an idea that you want to set this up there are different types of loyalty programs you can set up the first one would be points-based system, and that's probably the easiest for the theater, I would assume. Um, you know, the more they spend in the theater, the more points they earn, and then, then that can go towards the discounts and the early access and that sort of stuff. So points-based system is probably the most broad used, broadly used, easiest to implement, um, and probably a beginner one for the theater. Yeah. But there's also tiered and paid um, loyalty programs so they play pay a small monthly fee and then you'd be guaranteed then those discounts so you might think about this if you started your rewards program and there were people that were just amassing a lot of points and not really using them um, maybe you might turn them into a tiered program where they buy entry level you know access to certain discounts and stuff um, and that would be great for ongoing that I think that's more of a program that you'd see like the big chains doing with their stub hubs, you know, things where they pay so much a month and you get a couple of free tickets, but you also get discounts at the concession stand. Um, yeah, I think you have to have a lot of people through your, your theater to really make that work. But if you're the only one in town, basically right. that could be your best shot. Yeah. So that's one, I wouldn't rule it out. It probably is if you're beginner and new to the rewards program, it's probably a little harder one to implement, but. But now's a good time to get started and try things yep. because you're going to get the excitement from all of these October, November, December movies. Yes. You're going to get so many new people, the people that come once a year to the movies mm-hmm. to see Halloween and Black Adam and Black Panther and Avatar, that this is the time to start a program and see it through to the end of the year and then decide if it's worth continuing. Right. Um, then the third kind, and I don't really recommend this kind for a theater, but it might work for your branding, is a value-based charitable endeavor. So the customer doesn't really earn any points for discounts or anything for themselves. They earn they earn points or value towards a charitable donation that, and that you can give them an option of two to three charities and the more points they earn that equals a donation to that charity down the road and you can message them constantly like hey you know this month we donated two hundred dollars to your charity or you know or you and your fellow customers all chose this charity and this is what we sent so that might work in some of your branding but um i'm not sure in the theater business that that is the one that i would probably go with i would think maybe not on a consistent basis but let's say 
it's uh, a cancer awareness month as an example. Maybe you could during that month give notifications of, hey, this is, you know, cancer awareness month. And for every uh, time you purchase a ticket, like a dollar or whatever the point system might be um, with this loyalty program, we will donate a certain chunk of the money that you're buying to. Um, right. I think you can always take aspects of that third idea, that charitable giving, and put it into your loyalty program at certain one-offs during the year. Mm, exactly, so. like a, a one-off type method mm. rather than a consistent um, basis or a consistent part of the program in general. Right. So um, after you kind of figure out which type of program you want to implement, what the discounts are, and what the data is that you're really after – um, you need to figure out the way that you're going to, you know, roll this out and utilize it. And you'll need to first talk with your point of sales or your ticketing um, solution provider. So they'll probably already have a loyalty program, at least on the tech side of it, how you, you know, an app, um, the the system in place so that your point of sale system can speak to your rewards program and that way you're harnessing that data. So you're going to want to like take the step to really reach out to them on the tech side. Cause there, I, I know there's a lot of industry solutions already for theater based loyalty programs that you could probably customize. Like you just tell them what kind of discounts or what the, what the program is going to be and they'll implement it for you. Yeah. But any theater specific point of yeah. sale has one of these options. I would start there. Yeah. The, especially, for, for quick implementation, yes. ease of use, not having to create something from the ground up. And have it integrate well with, say, online ticketing, reserve seating, and point of sales in the, the concession sales in the theater. You're going to want it to speak to all aspects of your operations, and usually your already implemented theater ticketing solutions or your POS systems will do that. So I'd start there. And if you need something a lot more custom or you're super, super ambitious with this, then um, I think you'll need to reach out to a developer on your own. But I would start with and educate yourselves on what's already available third party out there. Yeah, I think that's a very good call. Um, it's always hard to know, especially if you've never done this before, on where the starting point could be for something so not unorthodox, but something right. that's unbeknownst to how this stuff works. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, theaters are new to this part. These marketing loyalty programs have been around forever. We talked about the little cards from our most, uh, you know, food yeah. retailers out there. <laughs> but, but they've they've they gotten a bad a bad rap from you know failures like the original Movie Pass and things like that. So yeah, and this is not that. A this loyalty is a program different. is different than a membership program. So just keep that in mind too. We're not you're not trying to sell a membership program to movies. You're trying to sell a rewards program to loyal customers. Yeah, so you're not heated seats in a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> or you got to pay a subscription fee every month to warm your tush. Yeah. <laughs> that is one we definitely pay if we had to. <laughs> That's the top tier though. Yeah, top tier. You have to get a certain amount of points for that. <laughs> so now you're at the point where you've started your program and you're starting to collect your data and you're like, what do I do with this now? Like how what does this mean to me? How do I utilize it? 
And the next part would be parsing through the idea of your customers to geo-target them back on marketing. So you're going to want to take your marketing. You're going to want to make campaigns that speak to certain subsets of your customers based on, upon the needs of the campaign. So the example I usually give when I'm talking to some of my clients about campaigns is like, okay, you have a summer kids show program, which is something you've done for years and years and years. You usually send out flyers to the PTAs before school's over and area childcare providers. Cause you're like, these are my bread and butter. This will get everybody in. You're like, well, I want to make this more successful this year. I want to talk to parents out, out there that I may have missed through these couple avenues. And so you would then go back to your data trove on your customers and your loyalty program. And you would do things like, I'm going to send out a newsletter or a advertisement to my mailing list of users or of clients, customers. And I want to target ones that have been to a kid show in the last year and or two or three of kid shows in the last year. And, and anybody that went to a PG film. Uh, yeah, or a, P- or a PG film, but most, but you might even want to get like more, you know, like targeted than that. You might want to say it has to be an animated film that was PG within the last year. Okay, yeah. I want to target them because it's probably parents bring kids, and that's who's going to want to bring them to my kids shows, and who's going to want to spend money on the kids packs. All right, great. Now, do I want anybody that had come to that, or do I want a certain? like a certain area of people. Usually you want actual customers that will, that live close to the theater or around a certain area. Um, you don't want just anybody because you want, you want to know that they're actually going to come, you know, they're your customers. So you'll need to mirror or you need to marry a location based geotargeting system, which is something based on drive time, regional area, town, that sort of thing. You're looking for a geographical area to target. And then you're looking for the people within that geographical area that would have the that fit your Yeah, the fit your audience behavior requirements, which are, you know, like the kids shows in the last year, that sort of thing. So when you mirror and um, marry those two things together, now you've really created your core audience that you're trying to market to and then you you have your campaign and and your copy directed right at them and you've not wasted any of that marketing dollars or energy spent you know blasting out a blanket of information about your kid shows then you've You've trapped those unsuspecting people (laughs) without them knowing they're not going to care i mean no you know like a kyle is not going to care about matinee kid shows during the summer at 10 a.m like he's just gonna be like i've got other things to do like probably sleep won't. in and mow the lawn yeah probably <laughs> i mean yes but watch bob vila rerun <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got to learn how to maintain his home like sleeping in just sounded so not adult and then mowing the lawn was just the most adult thing ever so, right. but i guess that's fair knowing my case but <laughs> you don't have kids so you get the opportunity to sleep in to do both of those yeah, yeah. so that's why i threw that in because i was like oh jealous he gets to actually do this but haha he is an adult and he has to mow the lawn it's the worst <laughs> all that home maintenance oh 
terrible. You're not, not going to kid shows because of it. It's <laughs> keeping you keeping you there at home. Yeah, I think I'm I think you. I'm doing the fine choice so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> so so yeah, so that's just kind of a brief overview. It's not as scary, I think, as what that interview or what people are saying their reactions to that interview were. I think mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. It is how business is conducted more so now. And theaters need to kind of get in on that. But it doesn't take a lot of investment. It doesn't take a lot of effort. And you're letting your customers speak to you through a program that also is like goodwill. Like, why wouldn't you want to give back to your customers a little bit? Yeah. In a weird way, uh, it feels like today's world is where the technology makes us so separated that no one wants anything to do with the other. But weirdly enough, loyalty programs and you being a small business really could be a way to oh, yeah. reintroduce your audiences back to the theater and the experience and the um, human aspect of it, which, mm-hmm. you know, is the, subconsciously the selling point of a movie theater to begin with is those shared experiences right. and um, human the moments of it. So right. and it, weirdly, this is a good way to get to get back to that. Movie theaters are fun. They're already going to have positive brand loyalty to them. Mm-hmm. As long as you make sure that your experience in your theater is good for everybody, that it's clean, it's well-managed, it's operations run smoothly, equipment's great. All those things, it's such goodwill that goes out into your community because you, you are a facility that facilitates like good experiences. So, it's not hard to create that brand loyalty, especially for a theater, because a theater is fun. A theater, you get to do fun things there. And, you know, I can't always say the same thing about restaurants or bars or all that, but movie theaters are always a good time. Just like to really thank the president and co-president of Sony Pictures Classics <laughs> with the 93 highest ranked film of this year for really stepping out on a limb here. That is kind of the funny part in all this. It was the smaller distributor that because, gave the most sound because it doesn't advice. hurt anything yeah. it no it doesn't hurt them there's at no all. It, it, <laughs> there's a reason well and they're why the it's ones... not disney out there right. doing this. you know what they you know what movie theaters or movie theater friends should be doing yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not saying that Our partners and exhibition should really be doing no is marketing for sure their, themselves <laughs> no it's because they're struggling with budgets they just don't have the budget they used to to market these films and we talked a little bit about on a previous podcast, how the change in, in on the creative side with getting your fees now up front just makes the cost of the film so much more. So you're going into these distribution plans with a more costly film, less ability to market it. It's just, you know, it's the studio, the smaller studio is struggling too, I think a little bit with this change and Mm -hmm. they, they do need to reach out. They do need to educate the theater more on how to do this. I mean, movie theaters, like we said, have never, ever had to market themselves. It was like one of the weirdest industries that, that somebody else marketed them. Like, mm-hmm. I I wish that could happen for us right now. <laughs> that would be so nice. But yeah, it's just so now they're having to step up into that role. And it's just it's new. It's different. And, and it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, it's overwhelming. But hopefully this episode at least gave you a little bit of guidance, a little bit of clarity on that. Um, Enough information to be dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Just just enough. That's our motto. Enough information to be dangerous. 
Uh, all right. So how about we get dangerous and get out of talking about serious stuff into more fun stuff and let's be chaotic about it. Oh, yeah. We got our pop culture roundup. <laughs> yeah. So, let's end the episode with that. Kyle, what was your favorite thing in pop culture this last week? Well, my favorite thing <laughs> was hearing the news that Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm not very excited about this. No, though. I was, <laughs> was kind of surprised because I came in and I was like, Kyle, guess what? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I know, Cody. They're going to the well again. He went <laughs> off on me. <laughs> I just... Look, it will be fun. It will yeah. be fun. The news being that uh, he's coming back to play Wolverine and Deadpool 3, which is supposed to be coming out in 2024 at some point. It will be fun. I'm not saying that. I just have been getting sick of this trend of that going back to the well of it, to where we're having these characters who... Or these actors who say, oh, I, I'm done with that role. I'm no more. And then all of a sudden they come out and go, well, maybe just one more time. He and could use another $20 million. Who I, couldn't, right? I, I get that on his part. And yeah. I would do the same. Yeah. So I totally get that. But the, it is a pattern with the likes of, you know, we saw this with Doctor Strange 2 and Jurassic World and even Spider-Man No Way Home, which did a good job with that. But at the same time, I just am at the point where I want newer stuff even in my blockbusters even in my marvel mm -hmm. stuff and not go back to the well on having these actors come back despite it being many years from now and that chapter is closed like it's okay for new generations to have new interpretations of characters or at least right. new characters in general in these uh superhero blockbusters except for black panther god bless chadwick boseman <laughs> that, that is true not every character you can go back to <laughs> Fair enough, but um, it just didn't excite me. It's obviously going to excite a lot of audiences, and everyone's going to be clamoring to see it. It's just a trend that I'm tired of, kind so of I'm over. in the minority of that. Well, I, you know, everybody was kind of wondering what this Deadpool movie is the first post-Disney takeover Deadpool movie that we're getting. So there's always a, what is going to happen with this movie? Are they going to keep it rated R? Is it in the MCU? Is it yeah. not? Is it in the MCU? Are they going to use X-Men? Are Hugh Jackman Are and Ryan Reynolds going to fall in love and have a sex scene? Yeah. Well, they already have, I'm sure, but <laughs> not for right. a movie, but... <laughs> I mean, they already have been in a movie together, which is really interesting. It's like we forget all about that. An X-Men yeah. movie, Yeah. They'll so, be po poking fun at that one. Oh, yeah. They are going to make... I mean, Ryan Reynolds even made fun of it. It's like, I couldn't have kept my mouth sewn shut. And I'm like, ha ha, look at this, Ken. And he's like, what's that? I forgot that he was, <laughs> his mouth was sewn shut in that movie. It doesn't matter. It do I, th I enjoyed it. I mean, yes, it's, it's funny. It's an inside joke, but mm -hmm. you... People don't need to watch that movie to get the reference either. It doesn't... No. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's kind of an all right movie. Um, Wait, I love the poster, fine. the teaser poster with the Deadpool mask with the claws through it. Perfect. Like that thing's excited. I was more excited by the poster than the announcement. Oh yeah. If people didn't see the video that Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman posted on social media, they'll probably have seen that poster and they'll be like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. What's this about now? What? It's going to be Is this real? everywhere until the movies, until the movie actually comes out. When the movie out. comes out. It's yeah. Out Absolutely. Two years. Yeah. Ken, what was your pop culture moment of the week? That uh, I'm frustrated with these Hollywood types and their <laughs> idea that they can have an opinion that runs counterintuitive to everything that has existed for them. <laughs> yeah. This ought to be good. 
Colin Trevorrow made Safety Not Guaranteed, and then he got Jurassic World. And then he got Jurassic World Dominion. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Didn't he do Fallen Kingdom? No. Nope. No, a different director. He squit. He's, he didn't He became do... a producer for that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. So he his... almost did Star Wars 9. Anyway, it's a whole thing. It oh, doesn't yeah, matter. that's right. Safety Not Guaranteed was a $14 grossing film. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic yes. 1 and Jurassic nice 3 were monsters as far as movies that we had pre and post pandemic. They're yeah. both huge grossing films. Putting him on the map, and he comes out this week and says, you know what? They should never have made a Jurassic movie after Jurassic Park 1 <laughs> with Steven Spielberg. They shouldn't have and, let me make my movie that made me all my money. Yeah. I wonder if I look at my house or my yeah. car or my bank account, you know what? You know who I should take a dump on? Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone at Universal, everyone that's booked my movie, worked in post-production on my movie, yeah. did craft services at my movie. Yeah, all this the was all a waste of, this is all a waste of time. Uh, I saw that quote too. I, I thought it was amazing. I feel like, like it should have been followed up with hashtag blessed. Like, <laughs> as I like have a safety precaution. Yeah. I I bet you he is so done with those movies that he got the paycheck and he's like, why do you, why do we keep making Jurassic Park movies? Like the first one is amazing, by far the best. It's so good. I pretty much copied movies. it to make my movie. Correct. But they but just... he did a good job doing so. But they continually make money. I mean, the last one opened to over $100 million. Like, yeah. they need to keep pumping things out every two years until there's no audience for it. I mean, we, we have theaters that will play these. Go Transformers until it stops. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason not to. I mean, it's a, it's a well that keeps paying off. Yeah. Just because he lost enthusiasm for it doesn't mean that he needs to poopa on somebody else that's younger, maybe more energetic, waiting in the wings, better ideas that want to make a better movie than his. Maybe he's afraid of that. I do think Don't... it's up to the parents to show them Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, you you can watch Dominion, but can I at least show you the first one? Just right. the the special little treasure that was Jurassic Park. Then you can watch the action spectacle Jurassic World movies fine to summarize Colin Trevorrow go to hell no speed bumps <laughs> is he on your shit list no oh no I don't have a heart I don't have a shit list that I keep <laughs> like the dry erase board in your office <laughs> well people move up people should, move down maybe you should start i've always been Very on that i've always been on that list too no you have a separate list of <laughs> shitty things you do that i just mark down and then one of these days i'll call the list and get you know get it back so it's okay it count it'll one of these days to avoid this starting to spiral i'll pivot over <laughs> oh, to cody okay. now for her to give her um <laughs> pop culture Thing that she yeah. saw of the week, whatever this section is called. So mine was mine wasn't really a pop culture thing, but just a news item about how I was shocked that after Hurricane Ian went through and devastated the middle of Florida, that um, Disneyland and Universal Studios were able to reopen within like two days. They like took a two day hiatus. They're like, okay, we'll let this thing go through, and then we'll just resume. We'll just resume. Get people back in that park. Now they are not taking new, uh, you know, entries into the parks, but there are people that weathered that hurricane in Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, I can't even fathom being like, okay, hunker in your hotel room, 
and just watch as like Mickey Mouse heads like go by out your window. Yeah. The poor I just feel bad for um those who had to I don't the know, staff. clear out the, the staff who had to clear out the oh, water. I I don't really yeah. know how it works, but there must be like there was a drainage <laughs> system that someone has to like turn a wheel. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds under open the gates. Yeah, hundreds of people water. in yeah. you know, Pinocchio outfits were out there just <laughs> building sandbags. Oh, and... keep turning. <laughs> <laughs> Shoveling the, water. All the dwarves <laughs> yeah. in their singing hi ho. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to keep up the act. <laughs> yeah. There's no smiling faces. <laughs> Dumbo's out there sucking up water and blowing it out of his, <laughs> oh his trunk. They're just diverting it all to splash parks, and they're like, "We've got a, we've got a reserve now for the they're, splash parks." They're pumping it all into Universal Studios. Yeah, <laughs> and Universal Studios is pumping here. it back. Yeah, yeah. There's a down slope yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the hill. <laughs> no, so I just, I, I it's mind blowing. It, yeah, the amount of staff dedication resources it took to clean up a mess which they did have damage i mean there was damage to the outside of a numerous buildings those rides, rides might not be safe yeah the, the fact that people got stuck there because the airport was shut down so it's like i'm we're we're doing our disneyland family trip and now we're hunkered like in a bunker yeah oh man i mean do they get a discount for that like no no you think not. you think disney gives a discount <laughs> have you seen what we pay in film rentals no. <laughs> that's a good one uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so no i just i i didn't think about it you know you hear in the news stories a hurricane's coming you think oh my gosh i hope people are evacuating i hope everybody's going to be okay and wonder what this is going to do you never think hmm i wonder if there's people in the parks right now are they gonna leave boy i hope they made it to the hotel and they're still there this is this is what i remember from the beginning of covid when it was in italy and they're like we're not letting americans fly home from italy and i'm like oh i feel so bad for you yeah (laughs) terrible no one out on the street stuck at a ski resort in italy oh no what are you gonna do and this is the same thing like if you have kids this had to have been the best and worst thing to ever happen Best thing to happen to them, yeah. they got stuck at Disney World. Worst thing to happen to you, they got stuck at Disney World in a hotel room. Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just bouncing off the walls. Yeah. When but... do we go on the rides as there's... Ter- it brings a new meaning to... Gigantic waves yeah. and just... winds. Whole new meaning to It's a Small World. Yeah. <laughs> I just w- think about the staff and that their homes are probably being destroyed and they're, they're at that park in their outfits. They have costumes. to work. Oh, they have to actually man. go to work. I know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy the lengths that these things are run. And yeah. Wow. Uh, so hopefully everyone's okay. Hopefully everyone has fun at Disneyland. This, I guess. this yeah. episode but brought it's... to you by floodinsurance.com. Insure <laughs> 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 your home today. <laughs> uh, but on that note, I think that wraps up our episode. So um, everyone take care, be safe out there and hope for good grosses. Oh, yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at ScreenInsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.